Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. This is episode 299. Woo! On sale now. We are on <laughs> we are on the precipice of greatness or something. I am Caitlin and joining me today are Jake, Chris, and Ames. That wasn't awkward at all. No, it was, not no, it was really good. We've done 299 episodes. He still doesn't know who he says his name after. It's confusing when we're remote. Also, we've lived here for 11 years and he doesn't quite get the light switches yet, too. So, like, I mean, it's fine. It's, don't worry about it. There are more important things to know. There are four light switches. <laughs> Actually, there are three. There's three right there. So I, I get it. It is confusing. Anyway, enough about light switches, more about Star Trek. Uh, so today, uh, just to switch things up, we decided to talk about two episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. We'll be Ooh. discussing Memorial and Sunkatse. In Memorial, all your favorite boys are on an away mission for two weeks where they go and visit 15 planets and just absolutely rape them of their resources. We've got Neelix, Harry Kim, we got Tom Paris, we got Chakotay. The Tattooed Terror. More on that later, <laughs> I know. Fucking stupid. Anyway, they're on away mission. They get a bunch of dilithium, I guess, or something like that. And they get home and the doctor's like, hey, you guys want to have your physicals since you were away? And they're like, nah, fuck you, though. But he probably was right because uh, everybody starts having some weird stuff going on. Bellana makes Tom a, uh, a television set and he starts watching a war movie and suddenly he's having flashbacks to a war that he doesn't remember fighting. Harry Kim is doing some adjusting in a Jeffries tube and starts having claustrophobia. Neelix is cooking in the... Oh, shit. What are they, what do they Me- call mess it? Hall. Mess hall. No, no, but the, the, um, the name of the actual kitchen. Tuvok used it this episode. Galley? Galley. Kitchen. Neelix is <laughs> cooking in the galley, and Naomi comes by to uh, ask him for some celery and carrots. I guess she's having some uh, buffalo hot wings. <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. I'm just kidding, I was. Anyway, when she uh, is ready to leave, he freaks out and takes her, I'm not exactly hostage, he's actually trying to protect her, but he's trying to fight off other people thinking that they're going to hurt her. And finally, Chakotay is having lots of really weird wet dreams. No, that's not right. He's having nightmares, again, about battle that he doesn't remember fighting. Dry dreams. Dry, extremely dry. So what the fuck is going on? Interesting that it's just happening to these four, isn't it? So what's going on is they are experiencing PTSD symptoms, and they decide to go back to all the planets that they visited along their away mission. And one of them has, basically, the planet is shining. The people who left it, who who lived there before, set up a big monument to put this horrible war and its outcomes into the minds of passersby, probably as like some kind of misguided, like, peace attempt, like a war is bad kind of thing. But like, instead of just doing, you know, getting all the pop songs of the of the the world together and, you know, making some making some music about it, or, you know, instead of having uh, the war is over by John Lennon, or, you know, every song ever played in a Vietnam film, they put out this, what did you call it? An obelisk? Obelisk. Obelisk. They put out an obelisk that uh, makes you makes you experience their war. That's it. That's the that's the episode. 
ultimately they're like, we could take it, we could uh, stop this from happening. And Janeway's like, no, I love when people get PTSD for no reason. Making uh, as good a choice as the time she killed Tuvix. No, I loved this choice. I thought that the choice to leave it up was actually like very thought provoking. No, no, it's a bad, it's a bad I mean, idea. it's no. literally thought provoking. Exactly. For people that come near that planet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's. There's no consent involved. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's not really thought provoking. It's like thought forcing. But well, right, Starfleet Voyager put out a buoy. The original people didn't, and that's so, pretty shitty. So here's the question, though: Who is worse, these people or the Resicans? Because they basically do the same thing. Wait, fuck. Which one of the Resicans yeah, again? Who are the Resicans? Inner light. Inner light. Oh, it's basically the same thing. And they're both going to leave you equally emotionally damaged, I would think. Yeah, uh, but with uh, with those other guys, it's kind of like a choose-your-own trauma adventure, yeah. not a... I mean, with, at least with the Resicans... You get yeah, a cool flute. Yeah, I was about to say, you get, you get a lot of emotional baggage, but you do learn how to play a tiny flute. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of... So a lot of, like, uh, people in... You know, armies will play instruments, so maybe Harry Kim or Paris have picked up the harmonica since being there. We don't know. Oh, okay. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen. That's all I'm saying. It'd be mm. great if, like, in the hallucination, like, Harry Kim, you know, as they're all st- sitting around after the massacre, he just, like, whips out his clarinet. <laughs> Plays taps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. On clarinet. <laughs> nice. Okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me explain why I like the ending. Okay. Okay, there's a great scene earlier in the episode when Neelix suffering from this PTSD hard because, you know, he's already got tons of emotional baggage. Yeah, of all people to have to. The, the poor fucking thing. Yeah. Seven comes to him and in the most tactful way he can, which was good on him, he says, Seven, you've probably experienced shit like this as someone who, you know, experiences guilt trip all the time for all the assimilating you did. She's like, yep, I sure assimilated millions of people. How do you deal with it? And she says, well, you, you, you don't, you don't ignore it. You use it. If I didn't have those memories, I, I wouldn't like be trying to do much more good today because like if, if they were wiped, like I wouldn't have the context. And yeah. when in the final scene, Neelix pipes up and says, why, why should we erase this? Then no one will know about it anymore. Reading it on the side of a Confederate statue or something, let's say. Memori- memorial statues don't work effect- effectively. You don't understand what the context is. And he says that this is why we should learn from it. Yeah. Yeah, but again, there's no consent involved. And that's where I draw the line. It's like you just you get a little too close to this planet and congratulations, you've got PTSD. Well, these people didn't have consent when they were murdered by the Nakan. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Chris on this one. I don't think I don't think that the people on that planet had really have the right to inflict their, you know, societal trauma on other people. How, how do you tell the story then? You have a museum. You have a plaque. You don't learn. Don't you you can't learn this from a museum. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's, you know, take take like some atrocity from from human history. You Holocaust. Know. Just go for it. It's Jesus a Christ. Okay. Well, fine. I well, mean, that's the worst fucking thing I can yeah, think of. Yeah. I mean, of. exactly. I mean, this is okay. So let's say let's take the Holocaust, right? Like 
you can learn about the Holocaust. Like, I don't think anybody who supports educating people on the Holocaust and informing people about the Holocaust would also be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to teach people about the Holocaust by making them, by putting them in, you know, a death camp and making them work and, you know, leading them, you know, to the, to the, the you know, the, the, the gas chambers and whatnot. Like, I, I don't think that that's like that. Yeah, sure. They would learn about the Holocaust doing it that way. But I don't think that that's really an effective educational uh conceit right yeah like i I, you can know something is bad without having experienced it yourself now would you feel it more strongly through this psychic uh, invasion sure but no just no i guess i have two questions was the monument built by the people that did the massacring or the people who were left from the massacre? There were no killed... people left from the massacre. But none at all, right? They killed so them all. So I kind of feel like... It, it sort of feels like bad in a bad spirit for these people to be like, look at this horrible thing we did and now we get to torture everybody else with it as well. Well, I don't, I don't think it was necessarily the people that perpetrated the massacre that put it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out here and guess that the people that put up the monument were like the countrymen of the people that were massacred. And how do they have the memories of the people who were involved? Well, may, That's kind of what I here, was wondering. Here's, yeah. here, well, here's, okay, here's how I would guess this went down. This this massacre was just part of a larger war, right? Probably, so yeah. Th- there's this other war going on. Eventually, the people who were on the side of the war of the massacred villagers, eventually that side does win. And they capture and you know try for war crimes the perpetrators of the massacre so all the people that were living their experiences with are people that were like captured by the the winning you know the the side of the victims of the massacre and then they're put into some kind of memory sucking device that like extracts the memories of the massacre you know, it's pro- that's it's probably like part of their trial even they you know oh, that's probably interesting well it also at, look at the memories and be like oh yeah you're fucking guilty it even just could have just as well been because you know we know that at least one of them whoever whoever's memories Janeway was getting was already like what the fuck are you doing we can't do this you know they yeah, could have can't erase it gotten maybe, home. Maybe for all we know the Janeway character is the one that ratted out the other ones that's what know? I say they get home and are like so this happened yeah, yeah. Savdra's going to claim this didn't happen, but here, wipe my memory, like take my memories, put them in an obelisk, and I'll prove to you that they did. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, a classic sort of imperialism thing where it's like, we done fucked up, let's build a memorial and pretend that makes it okay. But here's the other thing. If it's on, I, see, here's why I think it was potentially the side of the massacres. Ma- massacred? I don't know. The dead people. Um, the dead people. Is that we don't know. Like, we, we can't... How Okay. How can we trust that this is legit, that this is real, and not some kind of propaganda? I was kind of thinking the same thing. We, we like, we don't know who made it. And, you know, you could totally have really strong, um... Fuck, what's that episode called? The Inner Living Light. Witness vibes or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Oh... Where it's just like, yeah, here's our history. It's like, um, that guy you're deifying was a prick. Well, exactly. Like, we already have an example in Voyager 
of this exact thing happening where history is told by the victors, right? So in in that, or I guess in that case, it was they were not told by the victors, but they were deifying a shithead. Yeah. Um, but, but basically, you know, how could we trust that the side of the story that we're getting through this magic obelisk is actually what happened? Admittedly, although again, I have no proof for this, my assumption was kind of that the truth was told by some of the soldiers who were there. Like, I kind of assumed this was basically what happened. But we don't know that. And Jamie no, we, doesn't we, know that. we don't. But like, I'm this just could saying very that- well be just a propaganda film that that is playing out, you know, that is sh- you being used to make the, uh, the I can't remember the name of the. Uh, the Nakan. The, the Nakan. Well, who are the people that they're were? They're also Nakan. Okay. They're all, they're well, all the same race. They're, to, they're colonists yeah, versus thought, military. Yeah. Okay, to make the, the military look like shitheads. Yeah, but I, I guess know? what like, I'm I think, is... Like, I think the thing is that, like, Janeway makes this decision to leave this thing on. When she makes that decision, she is absolutely... She has to be absolutely convinced that this is a legitimate piece of history because leaving it, leaving it if it was just a fiction... If yeah. it was just something that was made up to make the military it's, look shitty, it's, it's someone's like podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. someone, or it's you know, it's a holodeck simulation that somebody played. You know, it's we don't know, and she doesn't know. But she can. But she feels it. Like, but she feels it. She experienced and it. I feel like the right course of action here would have been maybe not shut it down, but just leave it. Maybe put your buoy out as a warning, but don't like repair it. Because then you're uh, the the best case scenario is you're inflicting this trauma on other people for better or worse. Well, and worst honestly, case scenario is you're you're contributing to to like a propaganda campaign that has been going on for centuries. My thing is just even if it's one hundred percent legit, I'm still all for turning it off. <laughs> My thing is like if it's causing PTSD symptoms in people who are not involved, it, this could end up having a greater cost of life. Like, people who get PTSD sometimes self-harm. Like Yeah, I, but like, they're not going to genocide another race if they're, if they're PTSD'd out like this. No, but I mean, if, if but Neelix... But they might genocide themselves. Or Neelix could have killed Tuvok during yeah. his episode. That's true. I mean, they did have, you know, like, Neelix in particular had a violent outburst. You know? Which, oh my god, just emphasizes how great Ethan Phillips is as an actor. Yeah, he's he was great. Really good. Oh, he was great in that so scene. So good. Yeah, I feel like this is a very dangerous technology. Deeply. Because, like, imagine if, imagine if it wasn't this scenario. If it was just something that went into your head and convinced you that, you know, you know gave you extreme paranoia about your mm-hmm. you know and made you made you want to kill people or something like like it's anything that involuntarily manipulates the brain of another yeah. person is a violation and yeah. and I don't agree with Janeway allowing this to to go on Can or, you or can you think can, of a good example of using this kind of thing Something that involves consent Okay yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah something where key. like like you 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 walk up to the planet and it's like you know there's like welcome to the Nakan Historical Society's uh, Trauma Tron Nine Interactive yeah. Trauma mo- Interactive mobile. Interactive Memorial Experience. Feel what it's like. Like okay, so there's um. A See, no one podcaster. would agree to that though. <laughs> well, right. Well, exactly. Okay. So there's a there's a podcaster that does a lot of 
history podcast that I used to listen to. I haven't listened to him in a long time, but Dan Carlin. Right. Well, you don't uh, have a commute anymore to listen. That's true. But he does he does a lot of like really great in-depth history podcasts. And I, I definitely I recommend his history podcast. I don't necessarily recommend his current affairs. He has like a current events podcast as well, where it's it gets a little yeah. yeah. I mean, he's just like he's like yeah, boomer boomery, I guess. But anyway, but he's he's really good, and his history podcasts are really good. But he did a collaboration, I think, with some World War One museum or Remembrance Society or some something, where um, they did a VR world like experience. Uh, the you know battle of verdun or, or oh, you know, God. Some, some some battle some like i don't remember what battle battle it was but some like horrific battle i mean they were in world war one they were all pretty fucking yeah nasty. yeah so it was like you know it was, I, I haven't played it but it's like a vr game more like a vr experience i don't think it's terribly interactive where you just kind of experience what it was like to be a soldier in the trench and Ugh. shit goes off and i think i wonder i think it might be narrated by by dan carlin or something but either way you have to choose to play this game and it's you know if it's i don't know how realistic it is but if it is if it's remotely realistic i imagine that could cause some kind of trauma if you're a you know a, a military veteran who already has ptsd perhaps then maybe you shouldn't play this game oh and if you and if you were a military veteran that already had that kind of trauma imagine flying by this planet yeah well exactly so and the difference is that i can choose whether or not i want to play you know, Dan Carlin's World War One simulator, I can't choose if I want to experience the Nikon, you know, massacre simulator. Right, well, let me, let me imagine. Pl- or beach. I'm going to I'm going to direct us a different way. So you finish. OK, well, but imagine, too, like Voyager had the time and resources and ability to figure out what the hell was going on. Right. Imagine someone who gets zapped by this thing isn't able to figure it out and really spends the rest of their life thinking they've done this. They've <laughs> had their like memory wiped and all like Well they said they said actually that the the obelisk wasn't in its like perfect state. That's true. State. That part, that seemed but, to be a part of its malfunction. Yeah, yeah, if if you experience it like linearly in the right order, you would understand what this thing was meant to do. Maybe. So yeah, here's for my all question. we know it did start with a disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe, true. yeah. press play now if like press the consent button now whoops (laughs) that part is that is malfunctioning but no here's my question then because i think this is what's at the core of this episode that i found the most interesting and and that's how do we learn about and remember our histories and there's a little bit of uh the inner light in here too like i know jake dubbed it the inner dark oh god (laughs) like i know when we talked about the inner light i think we brought up the fact that there's no other way to experience another culture than by experiencing that culture. Like, how would anyone know what these people's day-to-day lives were if they if you looked in like a little diorama in a museum? That doesn't tell you how they live. That doesn't tell you what they use for toilet paper in their bathrooms. Picard lived it. He knows. He knows about the three seashells. <laughs> Damn it! I was about to say that. Ah. Yeah, and and you know. In like the event, in like comparing it to a diorama in a museum is is interesting, right? Because especially if we're talking about ancient ancient cultures or you know extinct cultures, I guess they don't have to necessarily be ancient. Yeah, but, this is three hundred years ago. I think they yeah. said. But like culture, like cultures that aren't around anymore. You know, on Earth today we have um, documentaries. <laughs> we have well, we have like anthropologists, right, that try to study this stuff, and a lot of times they're inferring a lot. 
they're working from like oh witness oh, testimonies which are riddled with uh yeah or like, lies. like especially when we're talking about even older cultures it's like okay well we don't know shit about how these people live we have you know some pots some like pot and pottery fragments and we've we have some like ruins of their houses and things but like that's ba- we have to guess we know, also uh, as I know from my sister, will study their fossilized leavings to figure out their diet. Yeah, yeah, mm, exactly. I love eating all poop. kinds of shit, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of things you can do. We can, we can. <laughs> sorry, did you hear what she said, Jake? I, I did. I okay, did. Great. I, was, I, was I just wanted to make sure. I'm so sorry. Whoa, um, that's shocking from you, Jake. You ignored a poop joke. I know. I who did. the hell are you? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, the, anyway, the point I was trying to make is just that. We don't have the the benefit of like a primary source for yeah. a lot of historical stuff, for a lot of ancient stuff, and and th- that this is a, a an interesting opportunity here that you know, as well as with the Resicans, right? Like they can they can leave basically n- like not just primary source, but like before pre like it's not j- like primary source would be like. This is what the Resicans wrote down, or this is what the the you know the massacre yeah. people this is wrote like down to the power of zero instead of to this the power is, yeah, of exactly. one. Exactly. This this is this is no no no. You aren't reading what they wrote down. You are just them. You are the primary. Source. You're writing it. <laughs> and like so, like there, I don't think there could be any historical documentation better than than that, uh, in terms of like accuracy. Yeah. Assuming it hasn't been tampered with. Yeah. I will so say I think it is really cool. I will say, though, that as far as the episode goes, like the end bit in this sort of debate is interesting. Until we got to that point, I found the episode itself. I was mostly sitting here going, I feel like this is three different episodes we've seen before. Just kind of it's a lot together. I was thinking this was a lot like um, remember the one where uh, Bolana was having these kind of dreams yep. about banging that boy a there's lot. A li- <laughs> there's a little bit of remember. There's a little bit of that one where Chakotay was tricked into fighting a war. Oh, yeah. oh Nemesis. Yeah. Nemesis. There's like Jake said, a little bit of inner light. A lot like, of inner light. And so I was just kind of sitting around and I was just like, this is familiar. It's See, like it's, poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. See, it's mm. funny because I, I watched this one a couple weeks ago when we talked about our, our dream adventures for one of uh. our blog activities. And I watched this episode just on my own without having read the synopsis first, which is a rarity for me. Yeah. And for the first half of it, I'm just like, it felt like those episodes verbatim exactly and i'm just watching it along like oh this is going to just be a, another tedious explore memories adventure like we've done a bunch of times yeah the moment janeway gets sucked in i like sat up and said oh this is interesting and maybe it's because mulgrew's performance in the we've killed them all we killed them all scene mm. is really good and i loved her in that moment yeah, but yeah. I became very interested by the end of, oh, wait, this isn't just a let's force memories on people. This is a looking at why we remember stuff kind yeah. of episode. And I'm all about that. Well, we remember stuff through TV as well. Mm. We do. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody let Charlie Brooker watch this episode because because <laughs> like this, this honestly, to me, felt very Black Mirror. Yeah, he's the Black Mirror guys for people who don't. Thank know. you. Okay, I was about to ask. I was like, who? Well, yeah. And um, yeah, because I'm just picturing now an episode of Black Mirror where like it opens with a war and it's like a like a kid who's the soldier and, mm. and doing horrible things. And the whole in the whole time you're thinking, oh, my God, this child soldier thing is fucking a nightmare. 
And then the end of the episode, it like turns out that it was just like a museum display and the kid was on a field trip. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound very Charlie Brooker. Yeah, but I thought the um, Torres giving Paris a TV thing was Such a very, mistake. It was so cute, though, because, it you was. know, it's, it's, like, it's those kinds of moments that you're like, oh, this is why you guys are a couple. And it does it does pop up every, every so often that you're like, yeah, I like them. And then she regrets it immediately. I'm like, yep, oh, yeah. yep, yep, that's exactly what would happen. It, yeah, no, totally, totally. It's funny, we kind of, we both recognized the cartoon, too. Like, we remember seeing that one before. Oh, Daffy Duck and the Dinosaur? Oh, is that what it was? That's what the... it's called, yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah, because I, I remember, like, we had it on a tape when I was a kid. Like, mm. I don't know how. It's from 1939. Mm. I was immediately annoyed because I was like, that dinosaur wouldn't have a bone. It's it's a vegetarian. It's a veggie sore. Yeah. And I, li- I I do like how, she, you know, she gave him a remote control for it. And then, you know, I, like I was all ready to be like, anachronistic. And then Tom was like, anachronistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this, is, this is why we love you, Jake. <laughs> What's, you, know. you know, what's funny is, though, because I realize it kind of looks like a type one phaser. So it's like, you know, up, down, off, stun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Taurus the said, button, Chris. Taurus said, I knew you weren't going to want to stand up every time you wanted to change the channel. So, <clears throat> I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, if she's going to go with the remote control, why she, stop Make there? it a good one. <laughs> yeah. Like or like make it voice controlled or, or something, you know, computer change channel. Hmm. It, you only see it a couple times, but he has a really nice chair in his quarters in the background. Oh, too. I'll have to take a look. I have like a really I, my, nice. My chair radar has been off. <laughs> it's yeah. like some kind of mid-century style like a, like thing. Like an Eames I, chair or something? It's not that one. It's not the like Fraser chair, but it feels like it's probably from the same era, roughly. Yeah. It's got a lamp. It's like, I mean, your history obsession is tedious sometimes, but you got decent taste. Hmm. When they first showed like the inside of his um, quarters... And Bolana's like, I have a surprise for you. The first thing I saw was that fucking hideous cowboy boot lamp. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, did she make him like a fucking saloon? Is this going to be some kind of stupid cowboy bullshit episode? I was so glad it wasn't. I was really unhappy for about eight, you know, point eight seconds. What? Uh, what? So did it memory alpha tell you what game the hockey footage was from? Oh no, it didn't. But it did have an, it did make sure to mention that this is the first appearance of hockey in Star Trek. Woo! So there's um the, there's a TikToker that pops up on my feed every now and again who his like whole specialty is identifying sport sports events that are oh. on be, in, that are on TVs in the backgrounds of other shows. What a That's strange cool. specialty. And, like it's it's it, it's it is and it's actually fucking amazing. Like like this guy <gasps> To send you him know, this episode. I, I I wonder if he he may have already even done this episode. Uh, but like I've seen ones where it's like, you know, people will challenge him. They'll be like, okay, this episode in the background of this episode of you know Law and Order or whatever, and it's it's like literally a two second out of focus clip of you know say a hockey game, and he's like, okay, well I can figure out from like I can see that they're wearing red jerseys, so I know that you know if it's NHL, it's probably you know the Canadians or you know, and then he'll be like, yeah, but it can't be the NHL because the Canadians, you know, would have had this, that, you know, and like and like literally, he he goes through and he finds the most obscure games because a lot of times they don't use like actual NHL games. Oh, I bet yeah, AHL or something, or not even that. Like they'll use like really like bush league games, you know, like. ECHL or you know yeah, things like or maybe that. a European league or something. Right. So like 
he has to basically go back and he'll find the most obscure, like, you know, from this is a game of the the North Rochester Wild Hogs in 1976. And they were playing the the Springfield Sprockets. And, you know, <laughs> and like, it's it's just it's insane. The resources this guy has sponsored but, by Spacely. So I'm All actually right. now wondering if maybe he's already done this one. And, well, if he and, hasn't, you got to challenge him. I no, will. I'll, I'll have to find. I have to find him again because he only pops up every so often. That's very cool. Yeah, I love. I love that Tom perked up when he saw a hockey game. Mm, I thought you might. Yeah, it was I good. I also liked that. Yeah, every time he's he's like, "Ooh, hockey! Ooh, cartoon!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of had this episode pegged for almost exactly what it was pretty early. I feel like. Yeah, you you actually hit it really fast. Like I was like, okay, so this is some kind of shared phenomenon that they had because they passed by too close. And it seems like they have PTSD. I mean, I guess like maybe that's not that big of a stretch. But I will say that one of the things that made me really think that it was totally fake, or at least that it didn't really happen to them, is there's that part where they're like, no, no, it's cool. We're just relocating them. And Chakotay was like, totally cool with that. Mm, And I was like, that seems really unlikely for your character. But he could have been brainwashed. I don't know. Like I don't in know Nemesis, if he could have been that brainwashed. He was. He was in Nemesis. Yeah, that's I what know. I wonder. I wonder if they could have done a better job making you think maybe this is real and something did happen up until you see. No, there's no fucking way this could have happened because Janeway yeah. wasn't there. Yeah, we we know where everybody was. It was only you four that were away. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. I think once Janeway experiences it, that's when you know for sure that it's bullshit. Because it could have also been. It could have still been real, but they could have been brainwashed. Oh, um, altogether? Altogether oh, to that's participate true. in like, you know, because there's, you know, like the other episode where Chakotay had to fight a war. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was brainwashed. And we've seen uh, whole crews forget who they are before in uh, Conundrum. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say Killing Game when they were all in the holodeck. That too. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure we'll see that type of thing again. Um, <laughs> Jake knows. It's just, yes, I do know. Yeah, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed a lot of the acting. I think I think Ethan Phillips mm-hmm. did a phenomenal yeah. job. I think McNeil in the scene where he basic where like he has a, a episode and screams at Bellana, like I was like I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a trauma. fucking that was a brutal fucking verbal assault he just laid on her. Wow. Like, well done, Robbie. <laughs> you know. Garrett Wong's like just well, that's just normal Slow Gary Wong acting. <laughs> disintegration and breakdown. This yeah. is nothing new for Harry. This is like every third episode of Voyager for him. True, but it's particularly strong this time. And Mulgrew, uh, in the scene where she is, you know, where, when it's the memory scene and she's protesting the vaporizing yeah. the corpses, I was like, whoa, we ain't seen that from her in a while either. Well, and she also did like just a very extreme like you could tell she was someone else you know yeah 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 this like, is this, this was, is Mulgrew as a not necessarily Janeway character yeah I think she was definitely the most different in the memories well because she lacked like I think the thing that makes Janeway Janeway is her authority and that she just yeah. she she's always in control yeah even when she's not she's you know she's especially when she's not yeah i mean she, she's just very good at playing the authority figure but in that situation she's basically powerless and and comes off as as weak but not in like not like a more like a morally weak i mean she's obviously not but she comes off as as subordinate yeah she's yeah. Which we don't which we don't see from her much no 
No, you, you get the sense that even when she was an ensign, she stood her ground. <laughs> yeah. She killed uh, two Vix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely like, I feel like there's a lot of like uh, Vietnam influence here. Mm, yeah. Yeah, running in the jungle. Like, yeah, a lot of like My Lai. Uh, well, I was thinking too, like, you know. Massacre, the big famous massacre. Shit. Am I making an ass of myself? I mean, honestly, I don't think any of us remember, so you're not a bigger ass than we are. Yeah, but you know, this is this is the exact thing. Why, like this? If I forget the name of the of like the the, the <gasps> we need we need a memorial for this, Jake. You need to I know. experience like, that's, it yourself. That's... Oh, I mean, let's let's be honest though. That's really where the failing is. Like, raise yeah, my, your hand. The My Lai massacre was uh, the was the was basically what I was thinking of this whole time. Raise your hand if any of your history classes covered Vietnam. Me. But that was in college. Yeah. No, I'm no, sorry. They, I should have before college, like high before school. Before college, eh? I I actually so I my eighth grade social studies you know slash history teacher was a Vietnam vet. Oh, so fuck. we covered Vietnam. In fact, he was a Vietnam vet who was also like an amateur photographer when he was in Vietnam. Oh, oh gosh. And how many he, pictures he, of bloody stumps his, did he, he take? He showed us his slides. And oh like, my God, did you give was, consent? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah, I think we actually. Not only did we have like he basically like said like, listen, okay. there's you're gonna see dead bodies. Oh boy, and this is eighth grade, man. This is this is this my is eighth fuck. grade would never do this. So I mean, no eighth grade would do this today. I'm sure. I'm sure it would need parental uh, thing. But he's basically like, yeah, there's gonna be dead bodies in these slides. So if you're not comfortable seeing that, then you know you have your excuse to you know go to study hall, go to the library or whatever. And yeah, no, there were there were there were corpses in yeah. in eighth grade that this guy knew that this guy was in in that this guy in the was presence like, of yes, wow. and it wasn't clear, and he wouldn't say if he created the corpses or if he found the corpses. Eesh. Damn, he it definitely was, he definitely made the corpses. Yeah, I feel um, like if you didn't, you would be like, oh no no no, this wasn't me. Yeah, I I feel like no public school would do that today. No. I'm I'm shocked that they did it. I mean, this is, you know, I don't even know how long ago now. Jesus, 25 years ago? I don't know, 2000 or uh, 1998 probably. Might have been on the DL. Yeah, it might have been, but it just it feels really weird. And we used to, I mean, obviously as kids we were you know, that that was serious, but but we still probably didn't take it as seriously as we as we could have. Yeah, it's uh but yes, there is a tendency to not even bother trying to teach history in the normal way, much less crazy, invasive, psychic way. Because, you know, I mean, that was, I remember when, like, fucking, it was the 2004 presidential election, people being like, oh, John Kerry protested the Vietnam War. It's like, I'm sorry, have we decided Vietnam was good now? Right. And I guess, I guess we did. Apparently, well, be, just... well, because there there was that whole fucking you got to support the troops, you got to support the no, troops. I know. And if I you know. didn't, if and somehow, I fucking hate the government sometimes, and and how propaganda. Sometimes. Well, most of the time, and how propaganda gets born because you yeah, know, like post nine eleven, there was this whole support the troops. Yep. You know, our national heroes, the police, the firefighters, and the troops, and then like somehow. Any criticism of the war became con- criticism you know, of the troops. Beca- yeah, it was like, oh, 
What do you mean you don't? What do you mean you don't think we should be invading Iraq? You don't support the troops? Yeah, well, I, the I troops love that. die. Like, yeah, I support the troops coming the fuck home. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah if you exactly. really supported the troops, you wouldn't send them to fucking die in a desert for, for no, no reason. reason. Yeah, like it, that's the thing. It's like I want them to not get shot, but I'm against. I'm very confused. Whoa, guys, jury's still out. There could still be weapons there. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, fucking so stupid. Remember uh, the remember the fucking. Uh, Man, now I'm just like remembering how bullshit things used to be. I mean, and still are, but just diff- different bullshits for different times. And I'm, our, you know, our adulthood has just been one bullshit after another. Well, do you remember? Do you remember the magnetic ribbons that people like put on? Oh their yeah, cars the yellow ribbons that people put on their cars. Support our troops. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's the, the first thing they I were, thought of when you said it. The fact that they were like, I always thought it was hilarious that the that the ribbons were magnetic because so they, you it's can like take they them knew, off as soon as you were ready. <laughs> yeah, they knew. Ooh, people aren't going to want this stuck to their cars forever. Well, more like, uh, it, to be fair, it could also have been like, uh, people will be more likely to put this on their car if it's not going to ruin their resale value by being sticky. Maybe. Someone put one of those on my car once, and it I don't know, I don't even know how long it was there, because I, I didn't, you know, I never like walked behind my car, I guess, and to notice mm. it. Um, and then one day I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, God, the fuck, shit. <laughs> People think I support the troops now. So then you, so then a bunch of people had to watch you angrily rip it off your car and throw <laughs> yeah. it on the ground, and they were like, "Wow, what's that guy's problem?" <laughs> was that an episode of Curb? I feel like that'd be an episode of Curb. That'd be a good yes. episode. I feel like a Curb episode. It would. Right, well, there uh, was there was an episode where uh, Larry, like Susie, or I think it was, yeah, like Sammy had a boyfriend or something that was a a, a veteran. So like they're introducing him to to Larry and everyone or like they're introducing to a bunch of people and everyone's like, oh, thank thank you for your service. service. And then Larry doesn't say it. And they all just waiting for him to say, thank you for your service. And then, of course, later, like Susie's like, you fucking asshole. You didn't say that. You didn't thank him for his service. Larry, you bald fuck. Isn't there a Seinfeld where like Kramer gives to an AIDS thing, but doesn't want to wear the ribbon and that causes him trouble? He's yeah, he's in a he's in a walk. And he gets harassed for for not wearing the ribbon. I feel like I read an article or saw a video or something about someone saying how they actually find it really distasteful to be told thank you for your service. Yeah, I feel like I've seen things like that, too. It's it's so fucking performative. It's like, hey, you survived. Good job. And that's exactly it. It's like, wow, thanks for doing the shit I wouldn't do. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's anyway, like, I feel it's, like, it's, yeah. like thank you for your service is is the same as as like thoughts and prayers when a politician yeah, says it after right. a tragedy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like wor- it's like a worthless. reflex. It's yeah. like a reflex response, no meaning. Speaking of reflexes, you need good reflexes to do sunkatsu. Sunkatsu sounds delicious. It does. Is sunkatsu a real word, Ames? Uh, I don't know. Oh. I, I assume. Not because I assume it's just for this planet. I mean, no. I think I think they're just this like sounds... they take they take. Let's let's have something that sounds vaguely Japanese for this martial art. You know, well, yeah. they succeeded because it does sound at least vaguely Japanese. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, in Sunkatsu, so the Voyager crew is on shore leave, and everybody's doing fun stuff, and uh, except for except for Seven and Tuvok. They're like uh, me. They're anti-fun. I don't remember what they were going to do, though. Were they just going to go, like, check out, like, a wormhole? I don't really know. They're taking there a... There was a micro nebula or something. There you go. That sounds that. right. So they take a they take a shuttle, and they're like, all right, we're going to the micro nebula. And they do. And while they're on their way, they are... 
transported out of their vehicle and they're taken by <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. Yay! Who is a weird looking catfish mustached. Oh, that mustache is so fella. gross. <laughs> yeah, I That's hated it. That's the second like, grossest That's mustache in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, God, Lazarus and his gravy beard. Ah, mm. uh, luxuriant. Uh, but it turns out that uh, our man, Wayun, what's his real name in Pank. this? Do we have Pank? Pank. That's my favorite color. I love, I love the color pink. So pink is a real Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, except that instead of hiring people for shitty wages and, you know, suggesting that they use steroids, he just kidnaps your ass and then makes you fight to the death. But still like Vince McMahon somehow. Uh, anyway, he still runs- somehow better than Vince McMahon. Yeah, weirdly. right. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So he is uh, he's running the galaxy wrestling federation <laughs> and uh he has people fight in a ring and then they uh they send it out into the airwaves i guess this could also be the tv episode because tom's got a tv and now these people have tvs i don't think they really know that they have tvs though because it it doesn't sort of have that feel like chris had said we were watching it anyway it's like a live wrestling event but it's this sunkatsu which is like a martial art and they they get tuvok in seven tuvok has gotten like fucking radiation burns out the ass and they're like well we're gonna throw him in a, a fight and uh we'll see how he does seven steps up and is like no no i'll fight in his stead and she does she fights against the rock yes <laughs> and uh he beats her because she is hesitating to do him real damage because she's in touch with her human side now, guys, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. But then she starts talking with, uh, what is it, a Telosian? Who is he? Herogen. No, a, uh, a what? Herogen. Herogen. Sorry, I was sort of close. Telosians are the big head psychic uh, from, the cage. from the cage. Oh, wow. I finally remembered their name. Uh, it's just not who they are. Uh, so she starts talking to a Herogen who's there, who's also a fighter, and he's our friend. Uh, I don't remember his name. But J.G. Hertzler. That guy who plays Martok, Martok. which is sick. And he's like, I'm gonna train you how to not be a bitch because Pank wants her to do a to-the-death fight with this champion who, I'm sorry, no, The Rock was the champion. She wants him to fight a, uh, this- The other, next guy. What do they actually say about him, though? Isn't there, like, a big deal surrounding him? I mean, it's just, I, basically, uh, Martok just says, oh, I know who your next opponent is, and he's a badass. Oh, mm. okay, yeah, because, spoiler alert, he he is the, the next challenger. But <gasps> it turns out he kind of wants to die. He kind of goes a little Klingon and is like, I want you to kill me in glorious bad. I mean, I want you to give me a death my son would be proud of. Today is a good day to get killed playing martial arts against my will. <laughs> to get dead. Meanwhile, the crew of the Voyager is like, Woo, Sunkatsu, we love barbaric violence. This is wicked cool. But then they see Seven and they're like, what? So they're now trying, obviously, to get Seven back. That's how we find out that it's all just a projection and not a live event. They're concocting a way to get her back. I don't really remember how exactly it all they actually do get them back. They, they shoot the shit out of his ship. And... Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. They blow out some of the satellites. They get Tuvok first, though, and he tells them what's going on. And then they're able to get seven. And they also pull up the Herogen and they tell him they'll send him on his way back to his people, which is nice. 
He didn't um, have to get dead after all. Yeah, but all the but other people that are still about... prisoners are on their oh, own. Oh no, the yeah, rock! <laughs> it's like uh, it's there was a a very controversial Penny Arcade cartoon back in the day about like when you're doing like rescue missions where it's like, all right, we'll make sure to free you know six slaves from the horrible death mines, and they did that. They fulfilled their quest, and we're like, well, fuck the rest of these guys. We wouldn't even save the Herogen if we could have not. Yeah. That's true. They yeah, only right. wanted seven. But I guess the reason why this is so like important though is because Seven is about to kill that motherfucker. She is like ready to kill the Herogen so that she will not die. And thankfully she stopped in the nick of time from doing that. But now it becomes a question of like her humanity and has she lost it by like giving into that and etc. Yeah, so. would, would you have killed me? I don't know. Yeah. But I was thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Jake, so Jake. Tell, yes. tell Chris and Caitlin the stupid thing we did yesterday. <laughs> oh, God. Did you go to so, a wrestling show? So, well, okay. No, almost, basically. All right. So, you know, you know, one of the big things about this episode and why a reason I think this episode might get kind of a bad rap is that it's a blatant WWF tie-in episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, 110%. Uh, and that, you know, that's why they have The Rock and that's why there's a lot of action. And I think also that's why it's written uh, in kind of the way it is because it's it's designed to appeal more to a broader audience, I think, than your typical Yeah, people who, people who want to see The Rock will might watch this episode. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's got The Rock. So Ames found out that there's a show. I mean, we've seen ads for the show. There's a show on, on NBC currently called little rock young oh, rock young, oh, young, yeah, young I have, rock i've seen not like trailers but i've seen <laughs> little like rock print ads for <laughs> little rock would term. be better yeah it's just a just 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 a static shot of little rock arkansas played <laughs> that's for, what i was thinking yeah for a half hour would be a more entertaining uh time yeah so it's so evidently this little rock uh, young rock is <laughs> about i guess a semi uh, autobiographical or biographical comedy about the rock's origin story so Wayne johnson's like, origin story irl origin story but told comedically with his goofy family and stuff it's everybody hates chris but it's about the rock it's everybody hates chris but about the rock and with not as much charm uh, oh yeah that by goes a long saying. shot because there's an episode about his break into tv acting into you know acting outside of of wrestling or really when when mcmahon and the and the paramount execs said hey we want you to do acting now and he was like okay so you know it's so so there's an episode that covers this and we ames found it and and we downloaded it uh through legal means and uh, yeah it ain't great but it does it it does have a scene about that's about this episode where they have some you know some other actress playing jerry ryan not uh, jerry ryan at all not, not remotely not doesn't look like her doesn't talk like her just like okay we need a blonde actress one blonde actress please and they're doing this scene so uh i do not recommend young rock i mean if you're really into the rock maybe i, I am shocked it, but that it, yeah the man that brought us black adam brought us a bad tv show yeah yeah i'm just i'm not sure but i mean it's been on it's like in its third season it's in its, yeah yeah this it's, ep- so apparently ep- it's popular enough yeah this yeah, episode what, we watched is season three episode 11 
that's the thing. I remember when I, I first heard about it maybe a month or two ago, and I was like, oh, is this new? No? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> that's yeah. kind of, in a way, a great thing about the modern world. is like, there's stuff that's been around for ages that I've never heard of, and a lot of it I am fine with having not heard of. <laughs> like, every so often I'm like, oh, this actually could be interesting. And hey, great, there's already five seasons. Other times it's like, I was happier not knowing. But anyway, yeah, according to the, the story in the episode... Um... Yeah, actually, it didn't really add any any more color to my appreciation yeah. of the episode. To be I was honest. hoping to see, like, maybe, like, how, like, like what The Rock's attitude toward being in this episode were was, or, like, any behind the scenes. Like, it's, it sounds like one of the only things that they have been to mention about the behind the scenes was you have to get the lines right, and the lines are hard because they're you're just name-dropping aliens and shit. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Hard math. <laughs> mm but anyway, in in this episode in Sunkatse, uh, I actually thought that this episode was better. It it exceeded my expectations. I'll say ditto. That. I would say yeah, because I've read like you know this was this big hyped up thing, and I've read online like a lot of people shit on it for you know the obvious WWE stuff and having a very predictable plot, which it does. But I loved Hertzler's scenes. He was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and the other thing that I'll mention, like, I know also there's an article I read in. Did I write down the name of the magazine? Possibly. Why can't I find it quickly? Starlog. No, it was a, a wrestling magazine. Oh, no idea. Where the fuck uh, don't I have it? I'll find it later. It just, it's literally it on w my card. Was it just, I just WWF magazine? They had a publication. Maybe. And there was also a, a magazine oh, here called it is. World of Wrestling. Uh, Black Belt magazine. Uh, there's not all about wrestling. There's a there's an article saying like it's basically a review saying, wow, the action sequences in this were so unlike other Star Trek episodes in that you actually think they're doing any fighting. There's no Kirk chops. There's no random jumping on things. It's all mm. it looks like a WWE match. Yeah, I was wondering if they had like hired the choreographers from wwe or if something. they if they did they should do it more often because it was more interesting than the than the usual fight scenes we see which are shit <laughs> yeah it was interesting watching them you know like use the arena like climb up the walls to gain leverage and things like that which i thought was cool see i i thought with these like again the fight scenes are usually ludicrous you know like kirk <laughs> chopping and all that these ones were still ludicrous but in a like a an episode one lightsaber duel kind of way where yeah. it's like Oh, there's all these pointless flourishes that look cool, but the, if you stop for a second and think about it, you're like, this is incredibly inefficient fighting. Yeah, you're wasting no a lot of energy. Like there are so many flips. Yep. I was impressed by the flips. No I loved when um when uh, Seven kicked the Herogen in the face and he did this like big spin away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that looked great. I made Chris rewind so we'd watch it. He missed it. And I was like, you gotta rewind. You gotta see it. It is funny, though, this is like the let's try to get a broader audience thing, but also is a treat. Let's have Wayun and Martok. Yeah, I feel like they went all out. You know, they did. They, they, they wanted to stack this episode uh, with, with talent, and they did. It's funny, because I've never seen this one, but I knew there was a The Rock episode. I had no idea it also had Wayun and uh, Martok. Martok in it. Yeah. It yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, was, I knew it had. Um, I knew it had. Uh, uh, wait, or uh, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey yeah, Combs. Calling so shouldn't calling him William, but uh, yeah, I was. I was surprised but. when I heard when I heard JG Hertzer's voice, and I was like, Ah, JG. And man. I had to note. 
I hadn't noticed his name in the opening credits, so I, I heard either. his voice. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, I turned to Amy. I was like, "Is that JG?" Like, yep. Yeah, you yeah. picked up right, right away. I thought he was for the first couple of scenes. I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's differentiating pretty good." But then by the end, I'm like, "No, this is just this is just Martok," and I, mean, I still love him. He's just got such a distinctive voice that as yeah. an actor that it it would be hard for him to not be recognizable. I think. Well, and especially because they ostensibly just wrote him as a Klingon. <laughs> Well, like, well the, the thing I want to die in glorious battle. <laughs> the thing I thought was very interesting about this episode is its similarity to By Inferno's Light, that the, oh, yeah. the two-parter where where Martok and Worf and Bashir and are Garrett forced to yeah are, are stuck in the the Dominion prison uh, because it's basically the same thing, you know? They're they're Fight Club, Fight Club, yeah. yeah. You know, what's also hilarious is that the original title for this episode was a, Club? was Arena until, so, <laughs> until someone said, wait a minute. And Guys? like shortly before starting filming or starting production, they, they said like, wait a minute, there's a there's a TOS episode that's a very similar plot, actually. And dang it. <laughs> of all like I know there's been a lot of episodes and you might forget and almost reuse a title. Yeah, they almost called it Gamesters of Triskelion. Same like, episode, damn it. <laughs> you almost called it one of the most famous episodes of your show, full stop. Well, in infamous, maybe. Mm. Like, like, it's one thing to go like, oh, we already had an episode that was this fucking Shakespeare quote. This is Arena. <laughs> You might as well try to call it the cage or encounter it far point. Why didn't they just call it gladiator or something? It feels like this was because <laughs> I'm, I'm imagining this would have come out around the same time as gladiator. Oh, no. Really. Jake's favorite. Um, so that would have would have probably not worked. They sold me queer giraffes. <laughs> so on on a scale of sleaze, where is this Jeffrey Combs? I wanted, to, I wanted to ask the same question because I might put this guy at the be top right now even above that dick that wanted to bang kira mm. and here's why the scene because you know he walks in and you know he's he tells seven like you'll be a great fighter tuvok you'll be a great fighter if you if you fucking survive all this thing people will love watching you die weird flex dude yeah <laughs> you're gonna run out of fighters real quick if you have nothing but death fights yeah but you just keep stealing them it's not like you know yeah, yeah that's true but then One less mouth to feed he gets Chakotay up on the view screen and Chakotay's threatening his ass. And you can just see like the, the like the eyes go wide on Pank's face like, oh, yeah. you could be a great fighter. And I'm like, oh, wow, he has a big thing for Chakotay now. And mm. this guy's a fucking sleaze. Yeah, no, he was great. That, that's like, I know this is a good episode, but I had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's what this episode kind of is. Like, you know, you get to watch The Rock do all of his own stunts, because of course he did. Sure. No one else did. <laughs> and you get to see Jeffrey Combs be the hammiest of hams. Yeah. And Hertzler having a really touching scene about his son. It's like, a, yeah. it's got everything. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's as far as like gateway drug to normie episodes, it does a pretty good job of also being like, fan service for the f existing fan base as well yeah yeah and i think i i, I mean Ames, i think picked up on it too that the the dialogue was written differently for even our if you, even our normal characters like everybody was oh a everyone bit... was everyone was like, like cat o'clock everyone was like the cattiest bitch and i loved them yeah mm. they were all you know chilled out on vacation yeah but just like it was a lot snappier one thing that surprises me though is all right, so we know that like 
martial arts are a thing. You know, we had the yeah. boxing episode, and we know that that people are into it. But Ambo Jitsu, Ambo Jitsu, <laughs> Ambo Jitsu. Yep. But I don't think that blood sport in you know or like mortal mortal combat is. So I wonder if they didn't know. They didn't know it was to the death. No, there's it no way. It was to the death. Yeah, because because otherwise well, I they... can't I can't see like Chakotay. Maybe Balana would still go, but I can't picture all the other people still going to, you know, the fights if they knew that that these were that these were to the death. Well, it sounds like only some of them are. Oh yeah, those those are like that's like uh, that's like uh, WrestleMania. You know, you gotta yeah yeah yeah. It's every, like everything the... else is Monday Night Raw, and then and then, then... Get to the main event. Yeah, then once a year they do that that briefcase match. I still don't think they killed anybody at WrestleMania, just so we're clear. Well, not on purpose. Oh, fuck. No, don't. Jesus. Well, there was that... Owen know, Hart. Yeah, the accident yeah. with the wire. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It was a wire, right? Uh, yeah, I think he was supposed to, like, descend from the ceiling, and he yeah, did. Yeah, something, something having, like the harness failed or something. Having said so that, though, I don't up. think, at least not that I know of, I don't think they've ever had any, like fight stunts go wrong fatally i seem uh, to recall yeah that i think there was a last week tonight or something where john oliver was saying like vince mcmahon is a monster oh yeah no he sucks don't he, get me wrong like will make you fight under like terrible conditions yeah, yeah. and does not provide for your like health insurance and no shit not like at all that. like he's they're officially the contractors act- the actual worst and I think there were a bunch of examples of people who had like a lot of problems that I forget if any of them ended up resulting in death, but they were definitely like very, oh, yeah, put, very fucking bad. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of after the fact death that was directly related to that. You know, people getting hooked on oh, I drugs mean, because of painkiller addiction. Chris Benoit. Yeah. Kills but, himself and his entire family because of like extended steroid use. But I don't know. I don't know if they ever actually had like a. An in-ring stunt go awry that resulted in well, death. See. I'll see if I can find that episode because I swear to God there was a last week tonight about it or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was relatively recent, maybe even. But yeah, no, no, Vince McMahon is scum of the yeah, highest. Yeah, yeah. Even even in Young Rock, I'm watching like the Vince McMahon actor playing playing the Vince McMahon character. I'm like, you're not horrible enough. <laughs> well, they don't want to get sued for libel. Yikes. Because I think even if it's true, it's still technically libel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but just on the on the cattiness of the of yeah. the actress, like I fucking love the scene where it's just Chakotay saying, "Oh yeah, I used to be this great boxer and all this stuff," and then Kim saying, "Oh well, I played Parisi Squares," and then everyone's shocked because Harry Kim playing Parisi Squares doesn't make a ton of sense. And I mean, then it's just that's... the two of them bitching at each other about which one could kick the other one's ass, and it was just the funniest little thing. I loved it. I uh, I you know honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I bet Harry could take Chakotay. Really. I because I feel like he's the thing is in reality they're probably in different weight classes. What was the great line? Uh, I wouldn't want to break your clarinetting fingers. <laughs> but I just, I just feel like Harry's more nimble and could probably dodge better. Like I feel like Chakotay is more of a tank, whereas uh, Harry's a DPS. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, I did have one problem with that scene though. There's no way his academy nickname could have been the Tattooed Terror because he didn't have the tattoo yet. So oh, that's either a good Bilana point. was just making that up. That's a good point. Maybe he has other tattoos we don't know about. That's true. He oh, no, we've seen his ass. ass. We've seen his ass. Damn it. Oh, that's so we know there isn't a Henry Winkler tattoo. No, fuck. It was Henry Winkler had a tattoo of Roy Orbison on his ass. Wait, what? The, in the Waterboy. Oh, damn it. I was just hoping that was in general. No, yeah. In the Waterboy, Henry Winkler's character has a tattoo of Roy Orbison on his ass. Mm. 
I love Henry Winkler. Yeah, he's great. I assume he used a stunt ass. I don't know. But you do see his ass and the tattoo in the movie. <laughs> I hope it's his real ass. To follow up on our question about people dying in the ring, I can't find anybody else who was a WWE or WWF wrestler who died in the ring. Uh, but it happens more than you'd think. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm There's honestly... There's a bunch that happened in Japan, it looks like. In a way, I'm... Pretty brutal in Japan, though. Actually kind of shocked it hasn't happened more is the thing, now that I'm thinking on it. Yeah, I have a, a friend of mine is a professional wrestler, and he gets injured all the fucking time and says, nope, that's it, that's all the wrestling I'll do, and then he'll come back and he'll start wrestling again. I'm like, dude, you're going to get killed. Oh, your favorite bit, though. When they're in the big uh, space fight at the end. Tell us. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite parts about this episode is when, like, Voyage is attacking and they're like, shoot that thing. Take down that. We're going to get, you know, get seven, whatever. And Wayun is sitting, or Wayun, fuck, Pank. Pank. <laughs> Pank is sitting in his control like, oh, no, we just lost half our viewers. Quick reroute power to satellite five and six. Like, and it's like <laughs> they're both fighting their battles, but he's he's. Fighting yeah, his, the, the ratings his battle. His priorities are different. He's like, fuck yeah. having shields. We have to get this broadcast out. Yeah, I thought it was, I just thought it was really funny because they made it, it, they made it still feel like, you know, that sort of battle ready, like all hands on deck shit. But then it was just to keep the, the TV show a going. I don't want to waste my one Borg. Yeah. Then don't put her in red matches. Jesus, Pank. But again, like you said, he re people really wanted to pay to see a Borg bite it. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you got to have a couple more episodes or a couple more installations of fights that she's alive and then well, people can get really excited. Yeah, you got to build her up to be a real heel. That, then you yeah. kill her at WrestleMania. That's why he put her up against the old guy with the old wound that hasn't healed right. Because he they assumed he'd win or she'd win. So she'd win, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think I get the impression that the uh, the Herogen was a popular fighter too and and yeah yeah probably you know wayun probably just didn't care who won yeah. or lost that fight because either way he was get he was going to keep a whoever won that fight was going to be a, a star at that point true a true. big shot yeah, i was, I was saying I mean, it's a shame you know that that they got rescued because you know if they had stayed in the employ of of pank you know he would have gotten a lot of good fights out of seven obviously because of her strength and dexterity and agility and he would have gotten one good fight out of tuvok every seven years oh um, god but, jesus uh, yeah. well actually tuvok would have been perfect for those red matches and it would have made it even more wrestling because he could just vulcan neck pinch them and they'd be like oh he killed him he wins and then <laughs> and then they didn't really kill him so they can come back another time just no, I mean, they, he, uh... would, he would have to use the vulcan death grip in that, <laughs> yes um, in that case they just keep bringing back the uh Wrestlers with just fake put mustaches. It, just put them in different masks. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Wrestling, you know? So I, I just, you know, it's not yeah, rigged. It's all, it's all real. Isn't... Yeah, that was Introducing the one Introducing the king of Califi, Tuvok. Uh, <laughs> I wanted way more Tim Russ in this episode, but he spends so much of it either like knocked out or just laying on a, on a bed because he's been burned in the face. And I guess there were some, were some original scenes with Tuvok fighting. And it's unclear if it was in addition to or instead of the seven fight. But mm. then they decided, you know, the rest of Voyager is all seven all the time. Fuck the rest of the characters. And I'm here saying, but Tim Ross, I love him. 
I love what he was like, I, I'm not as bad as I look. It's like, you liar. You are. Well, you do look you pretty look. bad. We can see your skull. That's. Oh, oh very interestingly, this is the first we see Combs and Hertzler in a scene together. Because even though they've been in Deep yeah. Space Nine all this time, they'd never been in a scene together. No, that, yeah, I guess they wouldn't have. I was about to be like, but what about in uh, the 50s episode? But that's him and Gul Dukat, and then yep. Hertzler's in the. The editing editor's room, or yeah, whatever. he's the he's the an, not animator, the uh, artist. Yeah, the artist. Yeah. Were they both in the scene, the final scene in Vix, uh, in the background, possibly? I, I don't know, remember. I, I, know, I know Jeffrey Combs, I think, was in the background somewhere. Oh yeah, out of makeup, right? I know, yeah, I, know I know Combs and Biggs are there. I don't yeah. know if Hertzler's there. Okay. <laughs> or none of the Brunt episodes. Nope. No. No. Huh. huh. We're more likely to see Wayun and Brunt than we were. Yeah. Yeah, I used to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this episode, I mean, it wasn't the best, but it also wasn't as bad, I think. Yeah, yeah I was no, entertained. It, it was yeah, it was fun. fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll, the one thing, though, that was kind of funny was that a bunch of people were like, ugh, you two are going to go look at a nebula. It's like, have you not met these two? This is how they yeah, would spend their well, vacation. Even, that's, their, that's their idea of fun. It's yeah. also like, that's what they do every day on their job. Like... I mean, yeah, I but get now, that it's not fun, but like at the same time, it's literally your job all the time. You're always doing this. This time they get to do it without being surrounded by noisy, <laughs> illogical humans. I fucking yes. loved that scene. Like, uh, we haven't spoken for three months, two weeks, and a some number of days. Yeah. <laughs> and, An well, why, of days. Why, and why is that relevant? Well, uh, because, because I'm supposed to uh, make small talk during awkward silences. Bitch, did you find it awkward? Because I didn't. Yeah, no. The, they're reveling in it. They're like, this is this is great. This is the best. This is so good. We should do this more often. Yeah, I gotta admit, though, if, if I was a non-Star Trek fan who was like, oh boy, The Rock is gonna be in this show, I'd have been pissed. Yeah, he's yeah, barely he's in it. it for 30 seconds. He's barely I, in it. He doesn't call anybody a jabroni. He doesn't throw the people's elbow. Absolutely. He did I mean, do he does the rock the, bottom. He also makes his stupid fucking faces. He yeah. does the faces. people's eyebrow, yes. He did yeah. the eyebrow and made his faces, but... Yeah, and his you know, signature move. There was no move. ring for him to do his wiggly leg over the ring, over, well, the, how much uh, of, over like, the ropes. How much of that was was in 2000? Like, I, I don't know the, the chronology of things, because like, I know they made I a know. big deal that he did his uh, his signature move, the rock bottom, and then he did the eyebrow. Oh, yeah, the rock bottom. Oh, my God. The rock yeah. bottom is such a lame finisher. Is it? I it's don't like, know what it it's, is. It's so. like it's a one arm side slam thing. He like mm. would grab you across your chest with his arm and jump and take you both down. Ah. He would land on his belly. The opponent would land on their back. I feel like he'd be getting the worst deal. Yeah. Belly flopping onto the fucking ring. Yeah, I think he was seriously in The Mummy Returns more than he was in this, which was a similar like the rock bait and switch. Right. Yeah. Where well, like this you like an, a very early acting gig, so yeah. I don't think he could have done more. I say, if, no, the, that's if, true. The, if the one thing I got from from Young Rock is that he was not an actor, like he's, <laughs> he, he he had not developed that skill set yet. Mm. Whereas yeah. now I think he actually is pretty good. Oh, agree. I mean, he's good for what he is, right? Like, yeah, he know. has a very specific character. You call him into play, and he does it well. I don't expect him to get um, you know any Oscars or anything for his acting, but. Um, you know, for like fun action comedy schlocky stuff, I think he's perfectly uh, yeah. capable. Exactly. 
One more note I have, and that's that I really want to see Taurus's stuffed animal, Toby the Targ. I found that endearing, and I want him in the show. But also, if Seven ever lets Bellana know he told her about Toby the Targ, she will murder Tom. Yes, no more yeah. Tom. <laughs> I want to see Toby the Targ and Flotter get together. <laughs> in what way? I don't know. Yeah, Just, you know. No, I mean, like... I imagine I'm imagining that like what is a Klingon children's cartoon like it's got to be fucking horribly violent right (laughs) so like it's 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 probably like any of the 80s cartoons we had but they're allowed to show blood yeah I was gonna say Mm. like Toby the Targ meets Flotter and Flotter gets absolutely torn to pieces imagine Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles but the Foot Clan weren't robots just just Fucking, like, Tarantino blood gushes everywhere. Wait, the Foot Clan were supposed to be robots? They the establish it in the first episode so that they can def- so that they can use their weapons upon them. So they Man, can kill the shit I don't remember much about that show. Similarly, the, uh, Ames' favorite subject, the 90s Batman cartoon. Oh, Christ. Whenever they, they, there's, like, when there were episodes where he was fighting robots, they would go ape shit on the violence because they were allowed to. Right. They even realized there's an episode where he, like, Somebody's been replaced by a robot. Captain Clown. <laughs> yeah. Someone's replaced by a robot. But technically, Batman doesn't know yet, but still punches him into the bat signal, which would have killed him, robot or no. And like on the audio commentary, they're like, huh. Oops. You know, Batman didn't actually know, did he? We did. It's like, yeah. Well, me, huh. well, here's the thing. Batman is just so fucking good that he did actually know. Yeah, he could hear its no, inner, his inner workings whirring while he was kicking its ass. I feel like that would have been more one of those, like, Dad, you killed zombie Flanders. He was a zombie. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was Bullock that he punched into the bat signal. And Well, yeah. to be fair, we all wanted to punch yeah. Bullock into the bat signal. We all anyway. wanted to kill zombie Flanders. Same. Yeah, also that. Um... Uh, okay, last last thing from me, and that's that Neelix gets a sunburn, and yeah. I just love that it was such a normal thing. Yep, yeah. It's like, yeah, you should get a sunburn if you go down on planet without without some kind without of cream. Sun, sunscreen. Well, he fell he fell asleep in on the his sun. side. He fell asleep on his side and didn't take his sunscreen injection. Yeah, which well, that's going to be an amazing technology when that comes out. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to be all greasy and smelly. I went on a cruise when I was 15 with my parents, and there was a guy, it was to the Bahamas, and there was a guy who fell the fuck asleep on the beach. Oh. He was Uh so sunburned, it was like, he had third degree burns, he was in a fucking wheelchair the rest of the trip, he just couldn't, he couldn't do anything, it was awful. Yeah. That was, that was all I could think of during this, (laughs) I was like, oh god, that, those poor people. He also got the sunburn, like, on one side, kind of right. like uh, Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. last thing I wanted to mention is uh, among the various aliens that we see watching the uh, Sunkatsu fight, there were at least, I think, at least two Voth. Oh, oh my God. There were, there were, were going to be repeated Voth because I, I read this. This is amazing. That 360 degree shot just paneling around the audience until it goes down and you get to watch the Herogen beating up some guy was one of the most difficult scenes to put together with the, with the VR because they only had like maybe two dozen extras <laughs> that they kept having to shift to different positions to do that scene. So you're going to see the same guys over and over, like, doing the same woo-woo thing like you would see in, like, a video game of, like, a like a 
like a hockey game, like a hockey video yeah. game. <laughs> like yeah. the like the crowd in the wrestling games. Yep. Yeah, I thought it I it actually I wondered about that because it seemed pretty apparent to me that it was all repeat, but I wasn't sure if I don't know. It sure was. And sure was. considering it was like such a quick thing, I even thought to myself, like, wow, they didn't even need it, really. Yeah. You could have easily established we are in a a ring, a, doing a ring sport without doing this really costly, time-consuming 360-degree shot. I also, I, I have to say, I do actually like the idea of, you know, the conceit that there's this arena that you go to to watch the fights, but they're but they're all hologram projections mm. and but it is still a live fight uh i don't know i, I thought that was kind of cool yeah it's a cool good. idea i'm gonna love the future i think about this sometimes because of course i do in the future one day when there's a hockey game or something if the refs are holograms that will be so much easier because mm. it'll, like the players run into People them all the time skate right through them yeah so that they won't affect the play anymore. Because I was watching a game recently where where a player like just slams into a linesman, and it's like, oh shit, <laughs> sorry, you've just affected the play. So thanks, guy. <laughs> See, th- there should be some sort of rule like when the when a when a ref gets hit, he is now part of that team <laughs> and has to play. <laughs> Whip out a stick I mean, and go. <laughs> here's the thing, though, we're already at a point where you could have. You know, we have so many cameras on the ice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there is some kind of computer modeling thing where they could combine the camera feeds to create a fully immersive 3D model of the ice. So you could you always know. see when you're actually like offsides and shit. Well you, well, you could just have off ice refs in VR helmets that are just mm, anywhere on the ice that they want to be. How would you break up fights? They would be they would end up being to the death if there wasn't a ref involved. Um that's when you they just, send... they, just had, they, they just have like deployable fire hoses. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking something with water, but I was thinking more like cuz it would freeze them in place. <laughs> oh no, no, god. Cool off. They just now have bouncers that <laughs> All are... All right, Gotham. <laughs> they, have, they have, like, just huge bouncer-type guys that they can just push a button there. They launch onto the... Onto the, not field, the rink. It's like... Rah! Okay, yeah. how about if the Zamboni is a Transformer and <laughs> also becomes a bouncer bot? <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. Okay, new hockey. Transforming Zamboni. If you hit the ref, he's part of your team. Like, this is... <laughs> We have we have supercharged it for the 21st century. Woo! Malarkey harky. So Jake found the Segway and then we skated right yep. past it. Yeah, Sorry, we Jake. Did. <laughs> but it was skated right past. It was good stuff. But uh, Jake brings up all the all the really cool aliens we see in the crowd. And so we've been uh, for the past couple of weeks for our different activities talking about our favorite things from uh, TNG. And this week is going to be our favorite aliens from TNG. There's a lot of them. I made a, my list is way too long. I so the thing is, like, there were several that sprang to mind immediately. But I realized most of what makes them really compelling was in DS9, but it was TNG yeah. that introduced them. Yeah, like, I, w- I almost want to say Cardassians, but it's like, no, I only like yeah, the Cardassians. TNG Cardassians aren't great. Well, except Mad- Madrid. We love Madrid. Yeah. Mm. Well, like like the Cardassians, like Bajorans, Trills, Ferengi. Ferengi, basically all of them. The only the only new alien that 
Star Trek TNG got that was the best? Oh, two, I would say. Are, they, are, they, these, are these your list, Caitlin, or are you just naming things? No, no, I'm just naming things. Okay, name some things. Q and Alorians. <laughs> like, mm. I feel like every other show kind of took any alien that they introduced and did it better. If they were any good. You know what I mean? Yeah, if they were like a repeated species. Like, I actually yeah, think... Yeah. And these are these are going to be like a, 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 a species that isn't on my list, but I want to bring it up because I think TNG starts making the Klingons really good. Yeah, I was about to say, TNG Klingons are almost a new species, yeah. practically. Because yeah. I think the TOS Klingons, looking back on the couple Klingon episodes from TOS, hard meh? Yeah, they're they're kind of... You know, they're they're the Russians. They're not the Klingons yet. Yeah, exactly. And even the TOS movie Klingons, they've got the makeup, but they're still not there culturally. Oh, but you, you love make the Krug. same argument about Romulans. Kind of, yeah. In TNG, yeah, no, Krug, they're back. Krug's great, don't get me wrong. And I think even though the culture shifts, certain characterizations he definitely laid the groundwork for. Right. Yeah, um, but like, like if you think about it, like our, the whole like, what are the traits that we most commonly associate with Klingons? All from TNG. They're all from TNG. Like, yeah. even just the fact that they're obsessed with, like, honor and glory, that's a TNG thing. Yeah. You know? Which um, is like, if I was the list, like, personality traits of Klingons, those would be the first two. They're yep. obsessed yeah. with honor after, and they're obsessed with glory. After just TOS, what do you, what would you say those adjectives would be from just the TOS Klingons? They're villainous. That's <laughs> you it, know? yeah. They're, they're just, they're just dickheads. Generic. Uh, generic, generic bad guy. Generic bad guy, one, you know. With a Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah. Handy, handy Cold War metaphor villain. Yeah. Yeah. Power hungry, manipulative, exploitive. Yeah, which are great traits, but they're they get so much better in TNG. They much. get depth. They get they they're they're less just like, you know, Fu Manchu mustache twirling evil, and they're and they're just you know they're they're depth. There's depth to them. They're interesting. Yeah, yeah TNG makes the Klingons just like DS Nine makes so many. Yeah, you know the Cardassians yeah. especially. Yeah. I think the Bajorans are already pretty much started in TNG. I think they start off pretty solid. Yeah, we just get so much more of them in DS. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think Ro- they... Rolaren like if Worf created the modern Klingon, Rolaren created the the Bajorans. modern Bajoran. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they they arrived more fully formed than yeah, like the Cardassians or Ferengi. The Kira character was supposed to just have originally been Ro, and you would have been like, "Yes, this sounds right." <laughs> Yeah, although as I think I've said before, I'm I'm so glad they came up with Kira just because like, agreed. Yeah, not also, having a Starfleet connection. That's was what good. it is. Yeah, you you need someone with a with a perspective that isn't Starfleet to make things more interesting. Although yeah, I still I still contend that Rolaren in place of um, Tom Paris would have would have worked. Yes, that's oh. true. That that would have been good too, because it would have even made sense. Because she's she could have been in jail just like yep. him. Oh, I yeah. like, like this. She, and she's a former Maquis. Just yep. you know, and it would she, she would really have been, loves pickup trucks. Yep, she <laughs> loves pick. Yeah, exactly. We could have had we could have had all the Tom Paris goodness without the Tom Paris bullshit. Which TV <laughs> shows would she watch with Torres on that TV? <laughs> Still, oh, Daffy Duck and the great. Dinosaur. She'd watch like. No, she just tell like, oh, have oh, I told you about the time my father was tortured to death by Cardassians? That's not a TV show. Oh, God, that that would have been a 
Oh man! That imagine, imagine, imagine Roel Aaron and Belana Torres in a relationship, competing for for who had the most childhood trauma. I, I just Damn feel like it. they're gonna they're just gonna make each other worse instead of better. Yeah, I was gonna say they would just be, they'd be like the saddest, the saddest relationship. They would they would just encourage one another's worst habits. Yeah, they're just like, they're just angry all the time. Yeah, combative, like, miserable. No, see, they would have been like hugely in love in a really fucked up way that would have been bad for everyone else. Yeah, when Taurus yeah. was doing all those those games on the on the holodeck with safeties off and jumping out of planes and shit, <laughs> Ro would have been right there with her. Yeah. Calling her a coward. <laughs> Die faster. Turn don't just turn the safeties off. Turn the danger up. Yeah. <laughs> you have negative safeties. Oh, so you're jumping, you're doing uh, skydiving without a parachute. Yeah, well, your gar- your gravity setting is, you know, 1G. You got to do that with, like, 4G. If you were really tough, you wouldn't bother with the special suit. <laughs> Did my father have a special suit when he was tortured to death by Cardassians? <laughs> this is the greatest idea we've ever had. Yay! <laughs> What's our actual thing? Aliens? Aliens. Oh, uh, see, I had a hard time thinking of like, aside from sort of those ones, like I couldn't, I, I had, because like with TOS, like, and Voyager, there's just kind of a lot of, oh yeah, they're technically aliens, but they're just people with a wiggle drawn on their forehead. I mean, yeah, hello, welcome to Star Trek. No, yeah. I know. Well, my, my list, I have, I have my list here and my list, I realize follows a theme as they often do. Uh, cause mine are, wanna, is it people you want to bang? No, they're people that don't look like people very much. There okay. we go. Uh, cause let's start off my favorite race, uh, introduced in TNG and thank God cause I love them. The fucking Borg. The oh, Borgs. Yeah. Sure. Like they're, they're great. They, they bring a lot of like opportunities to Voyager eventually, but also just like the idea of this cybernetic race that is a hive mind. They have no morals at all. They think they're ju- they're just seeking technological and personal perfection. They don't give any shits. They're they're very fascinating. Continuing in my list, these are all they're all going to be kind of like computer mech people because my second in my list are the exocomps. Oh damn. man, I was going to say the exocomps. I beat you to it. Ah, damn. Just because they're like that episode that they're in is just a really great like exploration of what does it mean to be a sapient being, mm-hmm. uh, who deserves to have rights. Just a really great concept for a not at all human race of things. So I wanted to bring the, the exocomps up. And my last one is another one-off kind of mech, like computer people, the binars. Oh, yeah, mm. binars. One of very few things uh, that I would say was really great from season one is just the, the these computer people that they, they can speak in their little tele- telepathy thing. They're basically like little mech beings. They're like kind of one with the computer. And I like them. Yeah, they're fun little weird, weird people. Yeah. Are you still going to say uh, the exocomps, Jake, or did I ruin them for you? No, I mean, I was I just thought like, oh, they're going to uh, they're going to argue with me and say that exocomps aren't aren't a species. But but uh, nope, they totally are. They're not really alien species, though, are they? OK, that's fair. But um, I'm giving them a big pass because the episode kind of proved they were a little bit. Yeah, but I actually I, I am rethinking one of the items on, I'll give you the, I'll give you two because I have to re I have to think about about my third again 
So I yeah, exocomps are among them. And again, I'm not sure if I'm giving those just because it's such a great episode or because I actually think they're an interesting species. But I do actually I do think they're an interesting species because they have they're just different. There's a different thing about them. Uh, and that is the Tamarians. That's mm. a good one. I, I, uh, they were definitely in my short in my short list. Yeah, exactly. Because it's you know, and obviously you know they're they're a great performance. They're fascinating. Uh, by you know, Paul Winfield does a great job as as uh, Dathan. Dathan. I always forget that's Paul Winfield under there. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, so it's a fantastic episode. But I think just the idea of the Tamarians and their way that they communicate—it's one of those rare instances where Star Trek does something to make a species truly alien in the sense mm-hmm. that like. We can't communicate with these people because of, you know, because of this, this language barrier. And it's, you know, and it's, I don't know, because usually whenever we encounter aliens, we're just encountering people with shit on their foreheads and they speak English and we can yeah. talk to them. Yeah. And the reason I'm, I'm not sure I wanted to go with my uh, third is because of what we talked about before, which is that, yeah, while I really like the species... They weren't really great until later in Deep Space Nine. But I'll say it anyway. We're going with, I'm going to go with Bajorans. Oh, good. No, uh, I agree. Because I, th- I feel like they get their start in TNG. They do get their start. Yeah, and- I think they, they undergo the least... Ch- like, I think the Ferengi change. And the Trill oh, yeah. change. So the trill Whereas the Bajoran, change, yeah. I think, the Bajorans are expanded upon, but not altered. Yeah, but like when I think about what makes them so interesting, a lot of it is what is developed, is what is added to them in Deep Space Nine. I think, again, another area where they're not just humans with shit on their face is the the religious aspect, because everything that we see of Earth society, it's, it's very, you know, it's just a secular society. You know, religion, if it exists at all, is not part of starfleet at least but the bajorans their religion is evidently very very integrated in their society and their in in their government and and you know yeah. the the kai is has the ear of the the head of the ruling council and all that stuff so i just i don't know i just think it's it's a really interesting contrast with starfleet and the normal species that we see yeah and i think that having a society, a species that has a great shared trauma, yeah, like, like the occupation, and we this we do get in TNG, so I, I guess it counts. Yeah, you know, just that like they are, you know, Star Trek goes through this utopian idea, uh, and you know, and, and Earth by all accounts is a paradise, which may or may not get lost, <laughs> um, but you know, it and so you don't expect that you would have. Or at least, you know, when people like Riker are confronted with these people that have had this different society and this this fucking shared trauma and don't understand that, like, yeah, I'm going to wear my earring because it's fucking important to me because for a long time I, we couldn't wear our fucking earrings because yeah. we, were, we were, you know, repressed. And then Riker has to be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I think, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of commentary, obviously, on how, like, the developed world deals with ignoring issues in the rest of the world as it is convenient yeah with and like the federation and everything the federation does with relation to the cardassians like yeah they fucked so much up with the cardassians and 
so much of DS9 is a direct result of how badly the Federation dropped the ball because they just didn't want to deal with anything to do with Cardassia. They just wanted it done. But our treaty, our tenuous treaty. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know when we were talking about villains last week or the week before and i and and i mentioned uh captain maxwell oh yeah yeah you know he may have been a villain in the strictest sense but i think aside from you know the killing and destruction of ships you know which is obviously villainous and bad you know he kind of had he kind of had a point sometimes you know (laughs) This don't a, trust the Cardassian don't government. Tr- don't trust the fucking Cardassians because, you know, and don't just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. At the end of that episode, at uh, the end of The Wounded, where after, uh, or not, no, it's not The Wounded. What's the one where there's another bad role that is trying to get the Enterprise to destroy a Maquis oh, yeah. ship? Uh, Was that the Maquis? It might in be the DS9? Maquis. Maybe. I think... Oh, that's... Is it DS9? The Maquis... Yeah, yeah is maybe? that Cisco's friend? The Admiral that he goes way back with? No, no, I, I feel like there's definitely a TNG one. No, there's like... one where... there's one, I'm pretty sure this is a TNG episode. There's an episode where... Is it Preemptive Strike? Is it Preemptive Strike? The one where, uh, where Roe goes undercover and she makes out with Picard? No. Dang. I was This hoping. is one where there's there's... Fuck. Okay. There's there's a bad moral who's like who has a Cardassian virus. He's sick. He's got the sniffles. And he's tell and he orders I'm pretty sure it's Picard. He orders Picard to go and find this. It might just be Ensign Rowe. I might just be thinking of Ensign Rowe. Oh, the episode Maybe. Ensign Rowe? This oh. might be the episode Ensign Rowe. I think you're right. I think you might be right. This is sounding familiar now. Yeah, when they dis- just... and they and, and that guy's yeah. a corrupt bastard, yes. He's a corrupt bastard because he wants them to destroy the the ship because he's made a deal behind closed doors with the Cardassians to root out the, the evil Maquis. Yeah, yeah. Man, fucking Eddington was right, man. Yeah. <laughs> Justice for Eddington. About Les Mis. About everything except Les Mis. <laughs> okay. Uh, did so, you have an honorable mention, Jay? Because I know you were battling between two, right? No, no, no. I just, I just wasn't sure if that was the one I was gonna. If I, if, if I didn't say Bajorans, I didn't have a backup. So oh that's shit! Why I said, that's why I said Bajorans. So I, I have an honorable mention to start mine off. Okay. The weird little microbes that call humans ugly bags yes. and mostly water, <laughs> just because that's a great description of us. That's great. Are those uh, the things that Wesley made? No, no, they they find them on a planet when they're terraforming, and oh, it I thought starts... that was like a TOS episode. Why did I think that? Oh, they're yeah, very I just similar. Double, I just double checked. He, no, Wesley made the things that tried to kill that scientist who yeah. liked baseball. But yeah. I wasn't sure. Cause didn't those things also take over data to communicate or something? Yeah, I, those are those are the maybe. Stubbs ones. Oh, yeah, those are the Stubbs ones, but they're not the ugly bags of mostly ones. No, that's, no, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Evolution is the one where Wesley makes the assholes that mm. take over data. Home soil is the one with the ugly bags of mostly water. Got it. Yeah. So my actual list, yeah. which I'm kind of coming up with on the fly, because I really genuinely had so much trouble coming up with anyone. Got to give it, give, give it to the to the Betazoids? Troy? Troy's people? Maybe yes. all the Betazoids except Troy. <laughs> Zoids or Beta Z? I always fuck this up. The, the people are the Zoids. Betazoids. Zed is the place. Oh, every time. Yeah, the Betazoids. Because yeah, hey, think, think Zoidberg is a person. Oh, there we go. And Zed is a letter which they append to the end of a, 
of uh, a planet. Honestly, that might be what finally does it for me. Zoidberg. Um, <laughs> Why not Zoidberg? Well, the Betazoid, because, like, you know, they gave us Loxana and eventually uh, Suter. Suter, oh my boy! I can't and, wait to do this for for uh, for Voyager because he's going to you know, be my answer for everything. When they write her a single good episode, Troy's great. But then in, she's a Romulan. Romulan one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna go with the Betazoids. All right, uh, cool. Because yeah, fuck it, why not? They, and I'll be moments. honest, I feel like every other Betazoid that's not Troy is actually pretty good and interesting. Most of the time. Except that half-betazoid asshole. Fuck that guy. Which half-betazoid asshole? From uh, the from the Barzan wormhole episode there? Wasn't he half-betazoid? Oh, what? He was oh. a scumbag? There's always a scumbag. Yeah, but I think he was specifically half-betazoid, right? I don't remember. Maybe. I, I don't remember. I making that up. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of our friend Tam, who went and lived on Tin Man. Yeah, like he, he was, was He was full Betazoid. I, for, I forgot he was Betazoid. He's Betazoid, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because he could talk to Tin Man. Right, right, right. Betazoid right. powers. There's the guy that's catatonic from... Uh, Night Terrors. Night Terrors. Mm, yeah. Two moons circling. <laughs> so, yes, uh, Betazoids. What else did I have in mind? Maybe I should just actually say the sand. <laughs> Is it Klingons? I bet, well, no, I bet it's Klingons. They already existed, though. <gasps> but you love Klingons. I mean, I love You love Romulans. all the Klingon episodes. They're all on your top and bottom threes of uh, They seasons. are great, but I don't know if they count. They already existed for so long. When did the Remans show up? Uh, Nemesis. Nemesis, no, rather. Nemesis, yeah. they, Nemesis. They, they, well, they that count. is TNG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but they're so goofy. <laughs> but you and, love Goofy. Yeah, he's a little too goofy. goofy. Oh, so mm. Mark Twain... I was going to say, Mark Twain's a good alien for... I was literally just going to say that, Ames. Why is everyone reading my mind? Are you guys Betazoid? How about the I, Sona? If you, if you want oh, to God. say Klingons, I would allow it because they're so different than in TOS. Yeah, we just, they basically reinvent them for TNG. Like, I would say Cardassians for Deep Space Nine, but not for TNG. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with the Betazoids. I mean, I guess, you know, the Q. Cool. Mm. Are you just going to list my whole list? No, I mean, I don't know, because I don't know what your list is, but... God damn it. <laughs> uh, and... Oh, actually, yeah. I don't know if we ever found out his species name, but uh, Commander McDuff's people. Oh, those oh. people. Because they're some shady fuckers. What a, what a tricksy little prick way to fight a war. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Fuck them. I don't know if they get a name. I will look it up look... while Caitlin talks. Well, I was going to look it up myself, but the race is on. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay. Satarin. Got it. Well, I'm going to switch things up a little bit since you stole Whoa. one of my things. Um, We're allowed to overlap. I know. Definitely Bajorans. Yay. Rolaren's a bad bitch. Kira's my fave. I know that Kira's not in TNG, but she wouldn't be in Deep Space Nine if we didn't have Rolaren in Deep TNG. There you so go. She counts. I was also going to say Betazoid... Uh, and I'm still going to because good, good choice. My girl walks on a fucking rocks, and like you said, they're all kind of great. It's just Troy who's not always great, and even she has moments. And uh, to round out the bees, to alliterate the fuck out of this, I'm gonna say the Benzites. Yes, I'm glad someone said the Benzites because they were on my my uh, short list as well, and they're super fun. They're great. Their makeup is might be might be among my favorite makeup of all the aliens. We get it, you vape. 
Yeah, I just I like their costumes. I like their character. And I like that, like, we get the first Benzite who's ever in, you know, Starfleet. That's fun. I love the Benzite that when Wesley mistakes him for a different Benzite, he's like, what, do we all look the same to you people? Yeah. Wesley's like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's literally the same mask. Yeah, I think he even said, like, are you guys not a clone race? Fuck. Well, he he was like, yeah, we're from the same spawning pod. And so naturally (laughs) we look similar. Um, I did think I actually have thought of a a good honorable mention I want to throw out there. And that's the crystalline entity. Oh, good, good. Ah. That's a good one. Because, uh, you know, I think it's a it's just a destructive thing, but it's mm-hmm. also just like an animal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's just. Is that the it, jellyfish? No, no, no. no. That's, that's it. Look, it's a giant space snowflake that. Oh, right, right. Uh, that, that kills slide. Riker's girlfriend. <laughs> that, kill, that kills anything and everything in its path. Uh, Especially it just, Riker's it girlfriend. Eats, it eats biomatter. And it's just an animal doing what it does naturally. Except what it does naturally is destroys life. And I think, you know, there's an in uh, the episode with um, what's her face? Uh, can't remember her name. Uh, but the uh, the episode is uh, Silicon Avatar. Um, and the lady was the mother of one of the kids from or like one of the, the colonists who died. Oh, and Data had. And Data had his memory. Yeah. And like she ends up, you know, spoiler alert, she ends up killing the crystalline entity destroying it with, with harmonics at the end mm-hmm. of that episode and um a lot of bob dylan and like the the guilt trip that data lays yeah. on her yeah. like, your son would hate that you did yeah. that oh my god she's like i did it for you well he thinks you suck now i i have a uh an dishonorable mention can i do another honorable is mention it, first? is it pack yes. leads <laughs> nope I ah, thought of the Packleds too. Don't think about uh, the Packleds. <laughs> I think we should probably consider Sung style androids. Yeah, you know, oh, I considered saying that because you know he's he's uh, Data's great. Yeah. Morse sucks, but we love to hate him. Yeah, I, I love that Morse exists. Sure is. Yeah. Before sure is. We'll Juliana, see. We'll Juliana see. Tainer. Oh yeah, I guess. One? Yeah, no, she's a, she's the we'll, most advanced. We'll see type. what we think about this when when uh, we get to uh, lore oh, in Picard. Yeah, spoilers. We'll see. Uh, dishonorable mention though to the Kalon. Those short-sighted Kalon. fucks. Which Half one? a life. Oh, those. Are, okay, oh, those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those jerks. I actually have a dishonorable mention. I love well. Doctor Mash. Can't think of his name. Timison. Timison, he's great. Doctor Mash. His species <laughs> are asses. Yeah, yeah. like Soren's species are asses too. Yeah. Yes, that one. I would. That's who, exactly yep. who I was going to mention was uh, monsters. They're uh, the Janai. Yeah, that's right. The, yes, yes. Like fuck, fuck those guys too. Fuck the Janai. Okay, <laughs> dishonorable mention for the Edo. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, see. We should have had a whole separate blogtivity. Yeah. The non technically not villain races that were assholes. Well, we could still do that. We just did. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, a couple more actual shout outs. Uh, Caitlin just brought up a uh, space jellyfish, I think is a great example. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I Pup, loved them. What about Pup? Was Pup TNG or DS9? Pup was DS9. DS9. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, isn't Pup, is Pup a life form or a computer virus? Both. <laughs> yeah, so if you, why not both? Yeah, and I think I have a clump of three that would be kind of their own little kind of sub list of uh, the Malkorians from the episode First Contact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Catan people. 
from Inner Light and the Barconians from Thine Own Self. Because mm -hmm. they're all kind of like earlier in development little societies, but that mm. we kind of love them because they're learning so well. <laughs> well, what about the Mentakans? I'd throw okay, in the yeah, list I'd, as well. I'd put them on that kind of list too. That's a good point. But about, I like these people better. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. What about sentient holograms? I thought Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah, yeah, exactly like Moriarty. Yeah. I don't know what species you'd call him if you just say... Holograms, yeah. Hologram. But like, I feel like, like that's, that's so broad. I feel like, I feel like Vic and Moriarty and the Doctor are kind of like their own separate category of holograms. Dude, yeah. the fucking Doctor made life. He's definitely something. Yeah. That's yeah. so strange. I Doc, you're a weird fucker. Yeah, because there's definitely something different about them than there is about, you know, rando background character in the holodeck. Yeah. Um, because if there isn't, then man, we're fucking monsters. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, imagine the fucking war crimes, crimes against humanity trials <laughs> that will happen when it's determined that all characters in holodecks are actually sentient life forms. Oh, God. O'Brien and Bashir are fucked. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's Because, yeah, you're charged not just for every individual hologram you kill. You're charged for every time you kill that same hologram. Yep. Yep. Truly, the worst species of all is man. I was going to yes. say, the, the worst species of all is Mario for killing all the Goombas. <laughs> oh, well, I got to go kill some Goombas, guys, so we're going to start getting out of here. <laughs> is that a euphemism <laughs> for taking a dump? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, wow. if it is, I uh, killed some Goombas before this recording, if you know what I mean. Based on their shape Jesus. and color, I'd say more killing Goombas is eating a handful of Hershey Kisses. Mm. Good. I like that better. I'm going to go do that. Uh, I'm also going to, uh, you know, follow along on our Tumblr because all of our examples from our favorite races are on our Tumblr. So if you want to see all these guys and maybe like any other like honorable mentions of great TNG aliens, they're going to be at sshbpodcast.com. You can also be listening to other podcast episodes on the SoundCloud or, you know, the Apple one, the Google one. All the other ones are all we're in all those places. Make sure you're caught up with all of the rest of the podcast stuff, because next week we're adding another one. Uh, next week's episode 300, guys. Holy shit. Woo. Uh, and we and haven't just, planned anything. Nope, because I, I didn't want to bother with it. I, uh, I was going to try to, but I just I can't believe it's already next week. So right. I can't believe it's not butter. So next week, the way that we're celebrating our 300th episode is by covering two more episodes of Voyager, don't you know? The episodes we're covering next week are going to be Collective and Spirit Folk. Uh -oh. So get ready for that. It's not what you think. Oh, good. I was going to say, what would you recommend for preparing myself? Because that sounds bad. <laughs> it's, uh, I would, to prepare yourself, I would watch these episodes. Oh, perfect. Well, and, I can do that. And, and, keep, and, and not judge before you, hear, before you watch the episode. Well, it sounds like it's not going to be racist Chakotay stuff, so I'm happy. Cool. What else are we doing? We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're right here, right now. Except no, we're not because we're signing off. Holy shit, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is Frequently Chris. And hey guys, did you, did you smell what the rock was cooking? Did you smell it? It's wafted out now. Mm -hmm.